Hello there, mate. Hey, mate. How you going? I'm very well. Thank you very much for joining. Mr. Oh, nice. Mr. Barry, what have you been up to? Oh, just uh, well, <laughs> roll, rolling off a current client at the moment. So, yeah, so I'm undertaking all that handover and, and that sort of thing. That's been my life recently. Love it. You know, I just realized the other day, uh, before we get into the introduction of who you are and stuff, uh, I mentioned when I, I, I tweeted about talking to you again, I didn't do this on purpose, but actually, the, for me, the 24th of February was actually literally, it's a year to the day since we had that thing we discovered um, AI. So it's like, the, yeah, it was complete. I, I think, I was like, I'm sure it was in February. I'll check. And it was literally on the day. So you've missed it by a day because of the, of the time zone issue. But I welcome you in this chat into my time zone so we can uh, enjoy that time anniversary travel. together. Exactly, exactly. That's how it goes. Uh, yeah. So please, who are you? Uh, introduce yourself before we get going and talking about random things. Sure, no worries. So, Michael Berry, um, I'm a consultant with, with Accenture, um, consulting for the last uh, six or so years, primarily in the data visualization space, um, you know, along the Microsoft stack. Um, so I'm compared to the uh, amazing cadre of people you've, you've had on here, you know, I'm a fairly everyday uh, Power BI user. We're all data Power BI people, mate, yeah. Re regardless of, of, of how we use it and what we do. That's the fun part, right? We get to discuss different things with everyone, how you use it and what you like, what you don't like, what you find. Okay, so when I say it to people like, you know, I don't know, Chris Webb, what do you find difficult? The answer might be nothing. Uh, but, at the same, <laughs> but at the same time, it's just that, that, that's the fun part, you know? I'll just quickly address a couple of things that's going on in the, uh, in the, in the comments section here. Jeff has taken particular dis uh, dislike to the, um, to the music in the intro there. I'll, do, I'll tell you what I did. This week, I had a really big issue with my, with my laptop and I had one of this, um, what is it, bit something error when you switch on your computer and it asked you for the bit defender key or something. Anyway, long story short, I had to take everything off my hard drive, off my local hard drive and back it up. I said, like, okay, so I'll do it. And I backed it all up. And then I realized I'd basically gotten rid of every single file that I used for my intro for this thing. Um, so I put this intro together in about, <laughs> in about 15 minutes. I was like, oh my God, nothing works. This is going to be terrible. So I picked literally the first song. So, so Jeff, I do apologize. I'll try to have better music for the next, the next week. It's, it's music that, I, that I'm not going to get sued with as well. Not again, getting sued is also high priority for me. Um, so yes, um, next week, better music, better intro. Anyway, put that to one side. Um, Popular stuff. I remember when we spoke. We uh, when we spoke on the, on the Discover AI stuff. It was uh, what you talked about was like uh, telling data stories, um, which I always find an, an interesting thing. Uh, could you speak more of that about like your use with data stories and and how what you, just if you can go on because I'm not very a big data story person, which is one of the reasons I I'm going to enjoy talking to you. Yeah, no worries. So I mean. One of the things I don't think is utilized enough is is the ability to use Power BI kind of like an interactive slide deck. So I find it it really uh, breaks the flow of of a conversation if you're having to kind of cancel your slideshow, Alt Tab to Power BI, and kind of. Oh, there you go. Okay. Um, All right. Yeah. So canceling your your flow in your in what you're presenting to the client and mm. also if you've got power bi open it means that you can actually drill into things you can actually mm. take them on the the journey of of the actual tool itself so 
you know, as long as you rehearse beforehand, which is important, you know, you can take people through the drill through, you can go mm. to another page because, you know, for, you know, for consultants, it, it is a lot about selling your client, right? You want to mm. show them the power of the tool and then mm. you want to um, show them the power of the insights or you've been brought in to discover certain insights and being mm. able to really hone in, you know, start from a summary view and then drill through into mm. the, the details and show them the outliers and stuff like that. I find it a really powerful tool. For sure. um, that, that particular presentation, that was one of one of my favorite ones that that I've put together, and nice. um, like because it, it's around sustainability, which is a passion of mine. But also, you know, I felt like I did have a bit of a story to tell. Mm. Um, tell there, data storytelling is uh, a kind of interesting uh, beast. There's there's a late, there's a data scientist or a decision scientist from Google called Cassie. I can't okay. pronounce her last name, um, Cassie Cosman. I'll leave it. Um, but she has a uh, interesting blog post about how uh, data analysis is not data story storytelling, mm. um, and and she kind of takes shots at people who are trying to do data storytelling. But I recommend that article. It's okay. It's, it's really interesting. Okay. So, in in her view, it's like. You know, the, the, the data analyst should be preparing the data to give to the decision makers who can then make those informed decisions. Mm. But if, if you're working in smaller organizations where potentially it's your job to help shape the decision, you just mm. need to be careful that you actually understand uh, what it is you're showing. Mm. Now, if you're not the subject matter expert, then you probably shouldn't be the one making the decision. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, that covers a, a lot of I would say my thoughts on it and my my concerns isn't as a as a reach, but because when I hear story, I think I've mentioned this to you before way back when, uh, maybe a little bit on LinkedIn as well. So <laughs> um, I think me the issue with the data story part was probably with the this the, the word story because I always feel like you go in with it like, with a with a preconceived notion of what should come out the other end, like you you have a goal you have something that you actually want to tell rather than just perhaps following the path of the data to see where it leads you but it's a good point that you make because in my job i'm i'm close-ish to the business but it's always the challenge is to understand the business so i'm, I'm not the one that's going to guide the person to where they want to go i'm just like okay here's data this is how it can be presented this is the other the different you know dimensions or whatever um of course, I always ask them what they want to see and, and the best ways to see it. But to go in with a, with an idea of what I want to come out the other end is kind of like, um, for me, some almost impeding the analysis rather than improving it. So, but again, it, as you say, it depends on your job, depends on your role, depends on actually what you want to do. So, yeah, yeah it's tough. Exactly. And, you know, I, I find that a lot of the times people don't give enough credence to the uh kind of the intuitions of the people that are that are in the business you know mm. a lot of the time like so i've been dealing in mining for the last four years um and a, a lot of the really experienced people um, mm. involved in a, like the metallurgy or oh, the mining engineering they have real um intuitions about things mm. and a lot of time they are actually right so it can be useful to support 
their feelings or the things that they already have, providing that the data does support that. Yeah. But you need to be open. You're 100% right there. Sure. It's interesting. So you've been working in the, the mining industry um, for the day. That's 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 not heard before. That's quite cool. How did that come about? Just for your consultancy stuff or speak more yeah, about that? Yeah. You have my interest, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no worries. So, I mean, um, it, it started, I was working for a smaller consultancy. We got acquired two years ago. So that's how I'm mm. at Accenture now. Um, but we did a lot of work where um, we had, it, it was primarily an SAP business when I got brought mm. uh, online. So kind of business objects and uh, a lot of the kind of warehousing and ERP side of SAP. Mm. Um, okay. And I was brought on as the first Microsoft consultant in the in the practice. Cool. Um, and so they started putting me out at SAP clients and, and doing proof of concepts with Power BI, showing them, look, business objects is old technology. How about mm. some new technology? And so I came along, did a proof of concept for um, this mining company, and then they kind of just extended me. Wow, over. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I, I really like it. The mining I, industry. I can imagine it's interesting. I mean, sometimes it can be if depending on you know the the company you're working for or whatever at that point, it that potential always sometimes a little bit okay. The, the data gets a bit samey, perhaps, or you're analyzing and looking at the same sort of stuff. So to have a little bit of a different sort of industry with different sort of data must, must be quite nice, especially for someone like yourself who enjoys that kind of like story and showing people through and where it can lead. That's quite cool. Nice, mate. Nice. Yeah, that's so that's definitely. I, I recommend consulting to to anyone. I I I personally just love learning the new industries. Like learning yeah, is I can imagine is important. And mining itself is. I, I really like the the physicality. You know, so much mm. of a, a BI role is like shifting money around or something like that. You know, yeah. putting it in different buckets um, yeah. or you know, like staff hours or something. Mm. But with mining, at the end of the day, you've got someone down a hole at the other side blowing stuff up like yeah. there's a there's a real uh physical nature to the mining yeah. industry which is interesting a little bit different yeah i used to work for a company that had like a huge industrial plant here in germany and i always hoped they never did of course i always hoped that they would integrate the um i always forget the name of them the the hollow lens so to working with a, a reporting and dashboards on on hollow lens that would be um very cool to build a report, you know, not 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 desktop, not mobile. To here's a hollow lens report. That would be totally <laughs> rad. One yeah, one day, I'll try and get one of my bosses just to invest quite a lot of money in hollow lens for no other reason other than the fact that I think the reports would be cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we shall see. Uh, I just brought this comment up before, and I can't find it again now. Regarding here, it is again about the PowerPoint functionality, because that would be very rad. Based on the fact that quite often. People say, okay, I want this and I want to have this in PowerPoint for the presentation side. My response is quite often, oh, you can make the PowerPoint, the, the Power BI report kind of look like a PowerPoint presentation. Why not just use the, um, the, the Power BI presentation instead? Which is always, for me, I think it's a, it's a decent solution, but it's always met with not a great deal of enthusiasm. So if you could have a Power BI report embedded into PowerPoint with full functionality, that'd be very cool. And actually, I kind of don't know why it isn't already there. Couldn't It can't be that. I mean, okay, here's me saying this from a, a zero technical background of how you would do it. But I'll say it can't be that hard to do. It's probably pretty hard to do, to be honest. But that would be quite nice. Well, I, I think there, there are some third-party applications which allow mm. you to do something like that. Um, oh. 
it's kind of like rendering the website w within the power bi hmm. uh, yeah deck um yeah but i i i personally just do it in the pbix yeah for sure um, i'm bringing this point i'm not just because i'm being vain because jeff said i made a good point though i do appreciate that um it's the last but we all don't we don't all work in sales i like that point because i mean it's true i find that sometimes quite often the the emphasis is really much on using exactly the same data or using power bi the assumption that we all use it in exactly the same way you know, even for stuff the way um, reports are shared, reports are, I still maintain the best way to look at a Power BI report is if you share the secure embed link. So you're just looking for it full page in a browser. None of this basic workspace stuff here and there, actually just full page Power BI report in a browser because it, it's so immersive. You do lose functionality, functionality that I don't really enjoy, to be honest, such as this yellow reset button, default view. I hate that button so much. Um, so I think it, it's, it's sometimes nice to remember that everyone, not everyone, but many people use it in, um, in, in very different ways. So yeah, data sets usage, it, it's all important because, it, and it, the way you work as well as a consultant work for very different industries, you must also find that. Yeah. Oh, one of the, one of the most novel uses I've seen with Power BI recently, there's a, there's a guy on LinkedIn who posts all these. Um, like 3D render, like CAD. Like he, he must be an architect or something like that. So he has right. kind of a, uh, a CAD report or a rendering of a building, and then he has Power BI kind of attached to it and, and rendering the data from inside the building, which is pretty awesome. That's um, nice. That's, yeah. that's one, of, one of those moments where it would be really nice if you, if you could share the work that you've done for clients just to see it. <laughs> It's frustrating when you make something pretty cool or you see something quite cool. It's like, yeah, no one is ever going to see that other than the people at this company, which is why it's always nice to have a moment where you can build something for yourself or release it or something that's quite cool. Um, full page view. Yes, you can try full page view, but I think it's, uh, I don't want to repeat myself too much we can, well, for every week and stuff, but I always assume, maybe it's a, a, an incorrect assumption, but I think it's fair in some regards that the users don't know a great deal, not in a, like an offensive way, but so many people just don't have time or don't want to learn how to use the tool, you know, which is why, for example, like if someone just wants to have data and we're giving them the data in a, in a Power BI report, I don't see why they should have to see, unless they want to, they have that option, of course, to see all the workspace type stuff. Like why do they want it? It's just, it's just a report, you know? So if you have to go in the report and then you have to, you know, Okay, it's fine just to click, you know, full full page view, no problem. But to get rid of that one click, to get rid of that step, and it's just go automatically to like a full page view, for me, it's quite a nice thing. I could be wrong, of course. I'm very, very frequently wrong, but it's like, it's an it's immersive experience. It's just for the same reason I like to have all my buttons in the page as well. None of this click here to, to navigate, just the navigation buttons actually in the body of the report, you know? I don't know. I don't know how you yeah, feel about oh. that. And another thing you can do is there's actually like a parameter you can put in the URL for the workspace, which will force it full screen when they open it. That's true. That's a good point. I'll take that point. Thank you very much, mate. See, I'm, I'm, I'm learning stuff or, or I'm being forced to remember stuff. Uh, but yeah, let's see. You can Look, actually okay. pass table filters into the URL as well. Expand on that. What does that mean? 
So you can actually filter your fact table or mm -hmm. your dimension or whatever it is that you want with mm -hmm. a parameter in, in the URL, like in, in the link. Ashton. So basically, actually, when you go to the report itself, it's, it's pre-filtered. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would, that sounds, that is a cool idea, but the, the confusion <laughs> that would lead to is just too much. Yeah. <laughs> Every, everyone knows, everyone who is, I'm sure, watching this or has ever done one of these chatters had a message from someone who says, why does my data not match? And it's because there's like a slice has been activated. I can't imagine the chaos that would ensue if you start hand, handing out links that are pre-filtered. <laughs> No. Yeah, I, they, they do, you know, often have uh, issues of not knowing to just click revert to default. Um, you know, it, it is good to have that reset, like bookmark mm. on the on the page, because yeah. otherwise people do freak out. Yeah. And you always get the the users are like, oh, your, your data's wrong. You know, your yeah. report's wrong. Yeah. And you then have to go and look at it and you're like, well, no, mm. that's what the data's are like in the database. Go fix it. My favorite one is Power BI is wrong, especially if it's a new tool, because it's the assumption that somehow Power BI is wrong. You know, it's uh, not just um, when you're giving someone a if you're giving someone a training, if you say if you do this, do that, and the answer is like, that doesn't happen for me. So well, it will if you do it kind of correctly. Like no offense, I understand you're learning, but it's always the, the assumption that, that the tool is wrong because it's something new and you're not sure about. Oh, yeah. Anyway, here we go. Are you using Deneb yet? Jeff's there insisting no. on, on on spelling it the way he likes to spell it. Deneb. <laughs> no, no. I've, I've been I've been quite envious of the the posts you guys have been doing. I've been I've been pretty busy uh, mm. wrapping up this client, so I haven't mm. had a chance to play with it. I mean, mm. I've got a little bit of a different background to a lot of people, I guess. Mm. You know, I, I used to be a chef back in the day. That was please tell us about your background. I'm really curious now. That's one of the really interesting <laughs> things. Tell us about how, how you came to where you are now, mate. The Michael Berry story. <laughs> no worries. So yeah, I'm out of high school. I kind of liked cooking, didn't really know what I wanted to do. Wanted to mm. study philosophy at uni, but knew I couldn't get a job doing that. So I just became a chef. And uh, nice. after five years, I was kind of burnt out. It's a terrible industry. I wouldn't mm. advise anyone to let their kids be chefs. Uh, <laughs> Okay. Yeah, really bad. But out of that, I uh, I just needed a job and I got a job at a call center and hmm. kind of worked my way up through the call center and taught myself Excel, you know, to help them with reporting nice. and, hmm. and that sort of stuff. And then I got involved with the IT team because they were pretty lazy. They wanted someone to do unit testing for them, like as they were releasing new things. And yeah. then they got even more lazy and gave me access to the database so I could actually you know, check what was happening when things would fail. It was, it was a very That's cowboy cool. company. You know? um, Helped you and out, then right? when, when, when one of the developers left, they're like, hey, do you want to come and be one of the uh, BI developers essentially? So I learned SQL and the Microsoft BI stack, so SSRS and SSIS at the time. Um, then I eventually left there. Uh, and went and worked for a commercial property company in the environmental reporting team. So that was all like electricity, oh, wow. really uh, gas, carbon emissions, that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, and that was primarily Excel and uh, SQL as well. Um, mm. And that's where I found Power Query, got, mm. got involved with that um, and Power Pivot at the time. And the business was looking to go into Power BI. Mm. Um, and I went along to one of 
Greg Nash's uh, presentations where he was connecting streaming data up to like a little IoT sensor that mm. he, he had made himself. Ah, nice. uh, yes. And I, I was hooked. I was like, this is amazing. I'm I want to do this. Um, and then, you know, I started attending the, the Power BI Melbourne meetup regularly and just being, okay. being a pest really. And my, um, <laughs> and my practice manager kind of liked that uh, I, I was, you know, being involved with the community and he wanted mm. to, you know, build the Power BI practice. So that's how, how I jumped on board. That's pretty so, cool. Yeah. I like that story. The, so um, I don't have any coding background. That's why Deneb seems a little a little tough. I have zero coding background. I mean, my I mean, I'm not going to go through what I did before. It's a very cool story. Like that. The 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 um, call center Excel kind of has Oz du Soleil vibes. He had a similar thing where he was working at a call center and started doing stuff with Excel. And that's quite cool. I like it when there's one of those stories. So I was I mean say like a, a non-traditional career path to, but I think that the more traditional name, I think, I, I think if you, especially when it comes to like um, people like myself who just did none of that until Power BI, I mean, I did nothing until Power Query, right? Um, having like bits and pieces of jobs and kind of I'm not sure what I want to do for a career. Um, but yeah, Chef got cool though. So basically if you want to have a, a good Power BI report or good data analysis and a good meal, Come to your house is basically what we need to do, right? <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's great. So uh, if, I still if, love if, Oh, yeah, I mean, fair enough. So if you go to a, a meetup, you can maybe um, offer, you know, do that. <laughs> offer some barbecue and services. I'm not, I'm not sure. It's yeah, something cool. like that. Uh, the, the Power BI Melbourne meetup's pretty cool. They uh, mm. There's pizza and beer usually. So All right, nice. We have one in, in, in Germany, um, data grilling. So basically data grilling of... Grilling is barbecuing in German. So, and I've seen photographs of it. It's just a huge stack, a line of huge like grills and meat and sausage and beers. I think they don't even, I could be wrong. So if I'm speaking out of turn, I, I apologize to Dr. Grill. I think they don't have like a, a conference area booked off. It's basically like a bar with like a place where you can present and also a grilling yes. area. <laughs> Crazy. It's a cool idea. I love it. Yeah, so actually, yeah. remind me, maybe maybe not not um, barbecuing on the on the on the on the scale of Australia. I know how you love that sort of thing down there, but uh, yeah, nice. I like it a lot. I um, I, I I enjoy cooking as well. But my my wife taught me to cook. She's Italian, so when I came out of the UK, I was a terrible cook. I didn't know how. To, I didn't understand the concept of adding stuff like salt salt to food to make it taste nice or whatever. <laughs> So I learned that from it. We have basically for me the English cooking style is, is is when it comes to vegetables at least is cook them in in water for so long that they lose all flavor and consistency, and then you put them on a plate, and then you complain when kids don't eat vegetables. This is for me. Um, I'm that, but that's what you can do. Yeah, Oz also used voodoo to get to where he said. Oz did pull out a, a, a turkey foot. As we were talking, he was talking about data and he grabbed, he just from off the screen, he just grabbed his turkey foot. It was a, a pretty special moment. Um, Funny so you yes. say that. No, <laughs> Mate, for one second. <laughs> oh, fantastic. No, I um, I don't have any strange things off. I have a Darth Vader thing where I keep my pen, but uh, no turkey stuff. And let's go to Jeff, see what he's got to say. Did you specialize in the visualization part of your company's practice? Wrapping up. 
driven by a client realizing the reports are nothing without insights. Yeah, so yeah, so I'm part of something called Modern Data Platforms. Um, and inside that, we have kind of sub capabilities. So I'm in the data experience engineering. Um, so that's kind of going down the way users consume data. So mm. um, power apps, um, those those kinds of things as well. Um, but I mean, probably 90% of our people, so I think about 20 people or so, uh, and there's almost everyone's on Power BI jobs at the moment, a couple of Tableau mm. um, roles. Um, mm. But yeah, they we have a, a specialized-ish practice for, for visualization. Interesting. I mean, the, the the whole the whole group is is ramping up across every vertical, um, you know, and we're all kind of cross cross skilled as well. Um, mm. So we're all doing the data engineering as well because there's not there's not many uh, there's not too many jobs where you end up with only doing the visualization part. There's usually some of that data engineering side of things. Um, mm. There's a design practice as well. So within the the strategy and consulting, we have a whole heap of kind of UX and classically trained designers that are kind of helping some clients implement like web portals and and those kind of other ways of experiencing. So we're kind of the the dirty cousin uh, do, doing doing the the grunt work. Nice, that's cool. I um yeah, I, from my side regarding the work that we do and the stuff or the, what, what I can do. I told my boss at the end of last year that one of the things I wanted to improve was my, and I, you know, how you set yourself goals for the, for the next year, it was improve my, my, my knowledge of uh, like Azure, its services and how we as a company use those services. Um, Cause I'm not great at that. Um, and then I said that. And then about three weeks later, I looked at it and I looked at what I said. And I was like, why did I say that? Why did I make that my goal? Because I've got to do something now. I can't just like ignore it. It's a, it's a target I set myself. On the plus side, I know so little about it that learning literally anything I could say, okay, I've improved because I know like 10 things now or let's just say five things. So it's it's good to work with people who have very different skill sets to learn from them. I, yeah, I agree. Yeah. But I, it's, I, hard, I, it's hard if you don't have a specific project, I find. Like I find it... Yeah. You know, much easier when I have a problem to solve and mm. you know, I start to work through those mm. those things. But Azure is awesome. Like ADF, um, Logic Apps. If you've mm. used uh, Power Automate, Logic Apps is basically Power Automate in the cloud, so that can get you started. Okay, I'll have a I'll take a look for sure. I'm also having a look at this as well. This Pragmatic Works training is a good deal. So check it out for sure. I need to improve a lot. I mean, not need to. I want to. I think I learn enough on a day-to-day -day basis or new stuff but it's nice to kind of vary out a little bit but you're right about projects that have a project to learn something it's difficult without the project depending on what it is that you're learning though just swing back around to the coding stroke deneb thing you said before um i don't have a project with deneb um but i suppose it's, it's more the sort of thing that you can kind of integrate into an existing report you know i want to use this therefore i will learn that but if it's a if it's something that's really not related to your data, what if you can't integrate? If you can't say, okay, I'll, I'll I'll try and squeeze a little bit of that somewhere, it's very difficult. And I think I mentioned this last week when we we're talking. I was talking about um, Python or something. Like you try to use it, or you try to learn it. One second, 
Deneb, Deneb. We get all the time with Jeff, man. Deneb, Deneb. <laughs> no, it is. Deneb, Deneb. I, I, I asked Daniel and I got the strong impression that when I asked him the question, he was just being really polite and his answer was, I don't care. So um, I'm going to stick with that. Deneb, Deneb, Deneb. I don't know, man. It's a cool vision. It's a, it's a bespoke data visualization tool. Deneb, Deneb, Deneb. Yeah, Carrie, I do that all the time as well. All the time I do that when I'm using it. It's really... Actually, Deneb, that's a good point. Carrie did a really cool Batman visualization using Deneb. She did. I was just looking at the other day because when I when I need when I need ideas or when you think, can I do that? Is that possible? I'll always go. To, I'll always go to Carrie's blog. If Carrie's <laughs> done it, then it's possible. If she hasn't done it, it might still be possible. But I'll, it's a, it's a good good first place to start. Well, yeah. yeah you, you mentioned Python. Uh, mm. One of the one of the times that I've actually had to use Python was mm. uh, they had a specific request, which could probably be done in Denim now, um, but the the scientists so the, the the lab technicians were trying to correlate um the hardness of of one of their uh it's called paste backfill so it's like a mm -hmm. cement mix that they fill up the empty holes in the mine with um and they have to kind of test it on on an age basis because they need to know it's been 30 days we can now drive over the top of this or whatever it is um That's awesome. to yeah, it, it, mining's no, really interesting. You say, I won't go into No, please do go into that. I'm saying that that's really <laughs> cool. And I'm like, what's the CM1 for this month? And you're, you're like driving over concrete. That's right. Go for it. Oh, okay. Well, so in an underground mine, they have a mm. stope. So it's like, imagine uh, just a, a rectangle between mm. two tunnels. So you got two tunnels, mm. rectangle between. I'm going to, I'm not a mining engineer. So if I get it wrong, I'm sorry. Um, and then they kind of blow it up and it falls into the bottom tunnel. Okay. So now you have like a big square hole basically. Mm -hmm. um, and they have to fill that up so they, they can sometime in the future drive across that tunnel to another one. So they kind of work, work backwards. Okay. Okay. But, and, you know, they blow up here and then they'll blow up here and then they'll blow up here. Mm. But they need to fill it in to ensure the, the structural integrity of the mine. Yeah. Um, so they... The, the lab technicians, they keep little samples. Um, <laughs> sorry, I got distracted by Jeff in the chat. Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> so they keep these little samples and then um, over time, they kind of hydraulic press them to see how hard they are um, at, at each date window. And they wanted specifically to correlate the percentage of cement in the mixture with the age of the test and the hardness, um, mm -hmm. kind of the, the pressure resistance. And so I needed... A, a two y-axis scatter plot with a linear regression and the, the R coefficient. Um, and you just can't do that in, in Power BI. Um, mm. So I, I had to do lots of Google foo and, and find out how to implement that in Python. Uh, I can well imagine. That sounds really interesting. Damn, and so, you, you well, managed to do that, yeah? Yeah, yeah. It, wow. I mean, Top work, mate. Yeah, it was, it was cool. I was, I was pretty impressed with that little project. I can well, I can well imagine. So basically, nothing fell through the holes. Therefore, you did a good job. So yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to work out the, the logic of why they blow a hole, fill it in, then go back over it again. I don't know. It's something yeah, it's about okay. mine planning. It's yeah. it's because if you weren't filling in these these holes, the yeah. rest of the mine would be, you yeah. know, not structurally uh, together. So you've got Kerry desperate for that data. She meant to date a nerd, by the way. 
Um, and Data Nerd is the best sort of nerd. Everyone knows that. Um, yeah, that does sound like really cool data. And I'm just like, when I try to get, when I need to get new interest in data sets or just data that I want to just randomly play with, I'll find something online and I'll link to it. Some like today, for example, I wanted to figure what I wanted to do. So I found, I just linked to Wordle and I did some analysis of Wordle. Um, cause I thought, yeah, why not? Right. Um, but yeah, blown holes and ground is far more interesting data set than Wordle. That is, that is for damn sure. Um, so just going back to this point by Jeff, where you said that um, Daniel would make the point that Denver's not really code, but grammar. It upsets me when people say that because I, I keep thinking I've, at some point I've been good at a code and people say it's not code, it's, it's grammar. Like I used to be a pretty decent HTML and people like, HTML's not a code. I'm like, God damn it, that's not cool, man. <laughs> just just, just give me something. Can we just call it code so I can, in, in my head, pretend like I'm some kind of coder, even though I'm not, no, obviously. Um, yeah. Can't do linear regression with Power BI. I have an example. Ah. Yeah, I have some seen some pretty amazing examples of uh, linear mm. regression, like implemented in DAX. Um, but mm. this was kind of combining everything onto the same chart. So sure. it's it's quite easy to do in Excel, which is frustrating that you can't just easily do it in mm. Uh, mm. in in Power BI. Um, yeah. And it was the the dual axis uh, scatter plot, so Y on on both mm. sides, so that you could plot it. Um, but yeah, things that things that you can do in Excel but you can't do in Power BI. That's the most frustrating thing, when, especially when you have to you have a new user or you're someone who's been using Excel, and you say, yeah, it's like it's something like Power or oh, like Excel but better. I was like, yeah, but no, not really, not not all the time. And then when so when you say something like, yeah, you can do it with DAX and it's comp, I would probably it would probably be faster for me to learn Python and then integrate in Python than do it in DAX because no. I think sometimes it's just exhausting. What about what about you? Like when you're creating, I mean, if you had the choice of, I mean, it's a standard, you know, DAX or DAX or M. What do you prefer, mate? What what frustrates you the most? Frustrates you the most? Do you use both? Or? I know a lot of people. Yeah, just... I, mean, I, I I do use both. Um, okay. but you know, M M is probably more difficult for me. It's much more okay. like you know, code. You know. Okay. I mean, you need to do some specific things in that, but I'd rather do things at the data warehouse level, you know, yeah, in, sure. in SQL than, than in M, um, just because it's easier for me, really. Um, yeah, fair enough. And DAX, I have a love-hate, love-hate relationship with DAX. It's, you know, I some people really understand it, like uh, the the Italians, the classic example. Like, I, I just don't... I can't get it into my head, kind of all yeah. these filter transitions and all. Yeah. So Sometimes I, I, I think can... maybe like Alberto and Marco will have conversations in DAX, like not Italian, <laughs> not English, they just talk in DAX. That's the conversation. Yeah. So I, I struggle with DAX. It, you know, intuitively, I've been in the long enough that most of the common problems, you know, I, I can solve. Um, but the, the, the thing that, I've been getting into recently and I wish I found it earlier um, is from Greg Deckler. Um, okay. Yeah, that's his name. Uh, he, he has a YouTube channel called uh, Microsoft hates Greg and he has a new, <laughs> really? That's class. Yeah. He has a, he has a new like uh, external application. I haven't actually installed it yet, but years ago he had a, um, a post on the community forums called um, calc you hate and why he hates calculate and doesn't implement it in any of his things he he uses um 
like really DAX editor and iterative tables, you know, like summarize and summarize columns to build mm. up static tables. Um, and since I've started using this, so getting it in DAX editor, mm. you know, summarizing and pull, pulling out uh, the, all the tables you need, it's really, really changed my ability to produce complicated things. Mm. Um, it also makes it much easier to measure against like someone's spreadsheet because you can actually return all the columns inside mm. your, your DAX query, right? Yeah. Um, which has been one of my frustrations with DAX for so long is you can't return a temp table. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll be trying, like the standard Googling, you're, you're looking for stuff. And sometimes, I mean, for me, the biggest question is like, is it like it can't be done or is that I can't do it? Because there's, those are two very different things. So it's <laughs> sometimes it's not that I'm looking for the answer. I'm actually looking for the limitation before I look for the answer, you know, because it sucks to kind of, look around for so long and then you got like 10 different blog posts or community posts and it's just that, yeah, you can't do it. Tabular editor should help with that. Tabular editor should help with everything, I suppose. Um, <laughs> yes, you can, you, you can do do more with that, but still, uh, yeah, it's, it's tough. I mean, I prefer, I much prefer yeah, working with Power Query, working, working with M. Not that I'm particularly magnificent at M. It's just something that I just find more enjoyable to do. M's code, right? Yeah, okay. Can we call it M code or is someone, <laughs> is someone going to tell me it's like a, I don't know, something like a, I don't know. It's, it's definitely format. a code. Yeah. It, yeah. Good. Okay. Then I'll, I'll get better at M so I can call myself an M coder. All, all the people that kind of do all these nested queries and yeah. kind of, you know, that stuff really blows me away. They're, M's a really powerful language and I am impressed when, when people are doing really complicated things in M. Mm. I feel myself more drawn to Power Query at the moment as well. Because I think you go through like periods of noticing stuff and the people's love of DAX, I fully understand it. It's great. You can do all people's focus on DAX, certainly when they start using Power BI because, you know, it's very front end. You calculate this, you, you do some of that or whatever, the basics to the, the more complex stuff. But it's frustrating sometimes that there's M or Power Query is so hidden behind everything. Um, it's not given an exposure, even though it can save you so much time, you know? And I don't, I, f I really, really don't understand even in Excel why Power Query isn't more prominent. Like this, you know, get data and then go here. Why isn't there just a, a big Power Query button? Like people just don't, and I say people, yeah. a lot of people who use Excel on a day-to-day -day basis who work in reporting departments, you know, just have never opened Power Query. And I find that astonishing like truly so I'm, I'm more drawn to that at the moment to kind of somehow make people aware of it not that i could make people aware of it but you see my point it's just it's strange that it's not more prominent yeah no i i completely agree and when i was kind of dealing mostly in excel that was the first thing i did because it makes everything mm -hmm. repeatable why are you copy and pasting data between all these sheets in order mm -hmm. to prepare your report just put it into these tables and then just hit refresh um yeah but on, on things that are hidden in Power Query, this is mm. word, word of the wise, something that frustrated me recently, was when Power Query folds down to some data sources without you knowing that there's a native query. So mm. something I discovered with Databricks and the Databricks integration okay. is that the Spark engine, so the thing mm. that sits behind Databricks, will actually take your, your Power Query and will interpret it in Spark language. 
Okay. So, what's a pivot table? Um, yeah. So that was, I, I had this table where, uh, so if you're writing uh, against like a SQL server, mm. you can get your, your dim date and you can explode out the dates with mm -hmm. whatever table you're joining to, right? Sure. And, and SQL server will interpret that properly um, mm. and just load just the dates in, in your dim date. Mm. But with Databricks, what it would do is it would execute one query for every date. So it would take the entire query and then just one date and execute it. Ah, uh, okay. My, my dog's coughing in the background. Ah, uh, sorry. But then if you, if you put it into um, a list contains, it would write one big where clause with like all the dates listed out. So that was just a... Yeah, we had. I was thing. speaking about with someone a few weeks ago regarding... Um, this topic roughly not exactly that is interesting but and uh yeah because of query folding yes who was talking about with query folding because to be honest it was one of those things that i'd never fully looked at you kind of you hear it it's like query folding okay this, this is going on and then and then you read about it and it's like okay okay now i understand and now i understand people, people's confusion because it's not particularly clear as to when it is and when it isn't um but yeah it's I don't know. There are there are there are hidden things going on in Power Query. It's not. I mean, I like it because in general it is pretty transparent. You know, you, you can learn very much from your own work by not you know just by clicking on some buttons and then you learn how that. If you want to, of course, you don't have to learn these things, but you can learn. Okay, if you can, if you read these three bits of code and you kind of twist them around and you write them yourself, you can do it instead of doing it in four steps, you can do it in, in in one step. And similarly, I saw when I was a few years ago now. And I saw people, uh, these videos of how to do this and, and, and with, with DAX. And it was quite a few like blog posts and stuff on it. And it was just, it was quite complicated. But then you realize that if you literally just wrote one really basic line of M, it was like a date flag or something, you know? It, yeah. it becomes literally one line of DAX. And I found it bizarre. That... Yes. Yeah, so I, I generally put... Um... Yeah, yeah nice. the Alex Powers and um, 30-day query challenges. In in terms of where I instantiate my columns and my date tables, though, that's definitely in M. So I prefer to yeah. limit the amount of uh, DAX columns that, that I put in and, and just keep it in M wherever possible mm. because I, I find that, that that moment while you've loaded all the data and then suddenly your, your CPU fan starts spinning and, and you're just waiting there. You're, you're waiting for the, the model to update uh, in mm. memory. It can be very, very annoying. Um, I had a user recently who had this Power BI report and everything was just lookup values. Like he didn't know that you could use related. Um, oh, okay. And so he just had all these tables and I couldn't even refresh it on my computer because every time it would update, it would just run out of memory and crash. Mm -hmm. uh, so That's that was, fun. That was fun. <laughs> yeah. Love it. The um, one amusing uh, issue that I found amusing that I saw recently was a report and there was a question, why is it not updating as in a refresher, but there's no new data appearing? Why is this happening? And it's, and that's when it went, had a look at the queries and I saw that the dates, filter was like a static filter. That's all it was basically. Someone has, instead of saying it was just basically show me like 19, uh, 2019, 2020, 2021. And then that was it. I was like, 
There you go. That <laughs> that'll do it every single time. I have found the problem. It's just this static filtering. Fantastic stuff. So yeah, it's I like the, I like that sort of question though because it can be extremely taxing. Like, why is it not working? That's it. Like a really like dick. Find out why is it, why it isn't working. It can be this really like basic, quite funny thing, but also something else that can be, have you stumped for like three days. And it's either something huge or something like I don't know, like a, a dodgy relationship, or it's just it's it's good fun. It's like a it's like a puzzle, like a Power BI puzzle. I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. Oh man, Power BI detective would be a really cool job role. Oh, I don't know. It, it could be. It could. It could. It could be scary as well. There. <laughs> yeah, could be. I mean, I. I had recently the the client they made someone redundant um, hmm. who had built all his own Power BI reports. You know, like he had probably eight hmm. complex financial reports that that he had made, and they they were terrible. Um, <laughs> but he but he under he understood it, and they made him redundant. They didn't they didn't backfill him, and they're like, hey, you can just support this, right? And hmm. I'm like, well. No, how am I going to support these things that I have no idea? Either you put up some budget that I can spend time to, mm. you know, redo these reports so I actually understand. But picking apart re these reports is like getting in someone else's brain in some cases. Absolutely agree. It's it's I'd say that so it's so true. To understand someone else's logic, like why they've done certain things, even if they've like, you know, commented on the code and stuff, it's not everything. You, it really is going into that it's like I, sometimes i feel it's like what was that film with john malkovich being john malkovich obviously jesus christ um you know and they kind of go in the person and they, they, that's that sort of thing it's 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 interesting but it's really really tiring and when you say something like you know redo the report or change the report it is normally it's just doing them from scratch kind of seeing roughly what what they did and then building the entire thing new because yeah it's, a, a lot of the much. time yeah. i mean uh, comments in code is a bit of a meme really you know, that mm. sort of thing where you're, you're writing code and you're like, oh, remember this, this makes sense. And then yeah. you come back to it six months later and oh, it doesn't make sense. No, because even the comment is just like, it's, it's, it's a, the it, table. <laughs> yeah, it's great best practice, but I think it's a, it's a good skill. It's a, a very important skill, I should say, to have, you know, good comments that make sense that everyone can understand. I can't do that. I know for a fact, like it's, and I'm, I'm not saying, you know, because I'm so terrible, it's because it's, I don't think it's a particularly common skill to have. I mean, the amount of people you see who talk about the code and stuff, and then they, they go back to it and they've got, I have, a, I honestly, I, Jesus, ridiculous. I had a report that I built and I was going through with the stakeholder and she was explaining like what she needed. And I was just kind of building it step by step. And then I thought, okay, I'll build it. I'll build the measure. Then I'll do it step by step. And then I'll go back and I'll do the measure again. I'll do it all in one step. No, because by the time I got the final step, I'd f forgotten how these <laughs> other things, it's shocking. That's probably my most shameful thing I've done in a report recently because the thing is I need that metric in other reports. So I just went copy, 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 <laughs> copy, paste, 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 paste. And it was... So yeah, it's pretty bad. Oh man, we'll see. No, but, uh... It definitely happens. Uh, one of my old mentors had a, a saying that there's nothing as permanent as a temporary solution. Mm -hmm. That is very true. Very true indeed. This is why we, we, if someone says, just when we, we start building this report, just at the very start, um, we'll change it later, we'll uh, we'll link to Excel. But then later we can change it. I was like, no, I'm not <laughs> linking to Excel, no. SharePoint list, maybe. 
but I'm not linking to uh, an, an Excel icon. I can't be doing this. It's too much hassle, man. Um, uh, so, yeah. I, I'm a fan. I'm actually a fan of some really? of these Excel sheets in Teams. No, like no. as long as it's in OneDrive. Teams. Okay, sorry. In OneDrive, yes. I, I, absolutely, yeah, I agree with that. I meant like stored on like a on a on a local drive. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I should I should have clarified my point there. Yeah, in in OneDrive, I'm okay with it because I mean, as long as you can you know link it and and, and update and stuff, uh, I'm gonna have to. Oh, every day I'm gonna go in this PBX or something, and they're gonna press the refresh button, and then they're gonna re-upload it, and then like no. Nah, nah, it's not for me. One of my colleagues is a massive fan of Excel, but he's uh, also kind of a, a coder as well. Mm. And there's all these new functionality that's come out for Excel online where mm. it like runs mm. scripts in the background. So he's actually mm. set some stuff up for some of the guys that are used to Excel mm. that will actually like strip things out of Excel and post it to an API and do all this that's cool. cool stuff. Yeah. That's so they're very actually cool. keeping on. Um, yeah doing fancy stuff in excel online yeah actually I, I think i might have to kind of cool it down with knocking excel because it's been given a lot of love recently and they've updated it and give it some great new functionality and it's it's um been given the love that power bi has been given for the past few years and like okay we're starting to feel bad for all these poor reporting teams who haven't had anything since, since like 2010. um even the small stuff just this new this um the formula bar, whatever it is, this is an Excel is, is, is quite fantastic now. But API, any data on API is, uh, I'm a friend, I love working with APIs for the, for the frustration of it all or for the actual joy of getting the data out of it, but it's just, I love data on APIs. It's, it's, it's fantastic. Excel, too late. I've met another application. Is, is, is Jeff talking about, <laughs> what is he talking about? I'm, is he talking about an Excel killer? I've seen Oz post talking about, about Excel killers and how they're not Excel killers on LinkedIn recently. I spent too much time on LinkedIn. My God, I do. The, oh, yeah. the, what's the saying about Excel? The, the best thing about Excel is anyone can use it and the worst thing about Excel is anyone can use it. That is, I've never heard that. I like it. I'm stealing that. I'm going to say it at least once a day for the rest of my life for sure. <laughs> Oh, mate, fantastic. Exactly. That's true. Mate, I've got to go and I promised my wife I'd go to my son because my son has this, he's coming up six, but he still refused to go to sleep unless someone's right lying right next to him. So that that's that's my responsibility. Um, So I apologize for really um, quickly cutting that off. Um, but it's been a pleasure um, seeing you again after the year, after a year, I should yeah. say, as a year to the day. And um, maybe we can do it again next year. Maybe we can we can make the twenty fourth of February our the Ben the Ben and, and, and Michael day. Yeah, well, Actually, keep doing what you're doing. I'm enjoying the live streams. Thank you very much, mate. Um, it, it's always a pleasure to talk to different people and, and see what they're doing and stuff. And you have been no different. It's been a pleasure catching up. I did want to say actually, it's quite funny. It's not actually it's not that funny. It's of mild interest. I used to send out emails in my in my company, and for some reason, when I sent them out to our um headquarters in in Kuala Lumpur they would reply and I would say like best regards Ben Ferry for some reason quite often they would reply and say um dear Barry like they would mix up Ben Ferry and call me Barry so people at work started to call me Fen Barry like because it just <laughs> and it kind, it kind of stuck a little bit so I was kind of thinking in a really strange name we kind of ish but don't have the same surname Ben Ferry, <laughs> Fen Berry, Michael Berry we could start some kind of like Berry analytics or something going away oh, there, you go, yeah. there you go mate so if, if you ever get bored and need a new challenge just let me know and we'll, we'll start Berry analytics I'll, I'll, I'll get the dot com alright <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, no fantastic. Uh, thanks everyone for joining. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for your comments and questions and talking. It always makes these things a lot more fun. And I shall be back next week. And I think next week I'm talking with someone from New Zealand. I think I'm talking with, with Gilbert Formu. Um, so please, we're, we're awesome. keeping it in, on that side of the world again next week. So um, join. Thank you very much. And I'll be back next Thursday.